It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Well, I talked a lot about it yesterday. It deserves talking about again because it is a terrible Tuesday. The college football committee chaos. Now, I've talked about, did they get it right or not? This rant isn't really about that. This is about the committee and how you come to the decisions of which four teams that you select for the college football playoff. Now, we don't know how they come to their decision. Nobody really knows because there is no set criteria. There's no checklist. There's no, this is what needs to happen for this team to get in or whatever. It is total subjectivity. And what other sport do you have or even business where you have no set rules or you have no line of criteria. I can't think of any. Every sport has rules. Every game has rules. Every league has rules, right? But for some reason, the college football committee just doesn't really have it. It's athletic directors. It's presidents who gather around in a room for repeated hours, and they are very subjective and what they decide to do. That's what's so strange here. Millions of dollars are at stake in these decisions and people's futures. The college football debate every year happens the very first Sunday in November, and it seems like we spend the next couple days after that talking about it, and more times than not, we're talking about the committee getting it wrong. Well, or they don't give the proper explanation. So that's the thing here. Not giving the fans, the coaches, the schools, the proper explanation on why you chose those four teams. Now, for the sake of argument, we are going to debate today, like I have been for the past couple days, Ohio State versus Alabama. Ohio State is formidable. There's no question about it. They're a one-loss team. But if you can only pick one, the committee should have picked Alabama. And it's based on what Alabama did and Ohio State did or didn't do during the course of the season and who is playing better now at the end of the season. After all, that's how you come up with the weekly rankings. What did your eyes see last? With every game being ultimate important, it's how you finish the season as you get ready for the playoff. Well, clearly, Alabama finished the season much better than Ohio State. There's no question about that. Ohio State's a fine team. Alabama's a great team. But if you have to pick one between the two, you can make the case that both these teams are deserving and maybe they're even more deserving than number three TCU. All right? But since Ohio State is at number four and Alabama's at number five, well, we'll leave the debate to that. All right? Because TCU was undefeated, but it's not about wins and losses, especially when you have a one-loss team And that team got drilled in their one loss compared to the two-loss team in Alabama. That's the difference maker here, all right? 
in the committee's eyes, it was that Alabama had two losses, and that was the end of the discussion. Not really diving deep into the scenarios here and taking into account that Alabama was missing the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback for a good part of the middle uh, of the season, and that Alabama lost two games by a total of four points. They lost to LSU by one point on a successful two-point conversion on the last play of the game. They lost to Tennessee by a field goal on the last play of the game. Both games were on the road. Both happened on the final play of the game. And Alabama, yeah, they knocked down a pass. I mean, some weird, strange things happened at the end of those two losses, but they lost. But did you think it was going to cost them their playoff lives? Losing on the final play of the game to a team, two teams, that were ranked in the top five at the time? LSU and Tennessee? Now we fast forward to Ohio State as they get crushed by their arch rival Michigan by 22 points. You look at the strength of the schedule. Alabama had the ninth toughest schedule of any team. The ninth toughest schedule. Ohio State, 39th. Tougher conference, SEC over the Big Ten. No question about that. Alabama's best wins, if you want to look at that. All right? Any down SEC, but still, you beat Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Texas. All those teams going to bowl games. All those teams were ranked in the top 20 at the time. And all those teams finished the season eight wins and four losses. Ohio State, best wins? Penn State and Notre Dame. Penn State 10-2. and two, Played a hor- horrendous schedule, an easy schedule. And you beat Notre Dame, who ends up at 8-4. and four. But the 22-point loss at home to Michigan can't be forgiven. It can't be excused. Ohio State is being gifted a spot in the playoffs. It's not earned. Not when you are a 9.5-point favorite against your arch rival, final game of the season, the biggest game of the season, and you get drill-pressed by 22 points. And you're not even competitive in that game. No, Ohio State didn't earn it with the with the schedule that they had, the teams they beat up on, especially considering what Alabama did during the course of the season and how Alabama and Ohio State ended their respective seasons. You don't penalize a team with two losses just because it's two losses and they lose on the final play of the game. And a team, you don't reward a team that gets blown out at home in their final game of the season. Alabama closed with three straight wins and was playing better football at the end. Now, isn't that the goal? Isn't that what you want? The committee got it wrong. And worst news is that we have to go through all of this again next year, like we've been going on for year after year after year. And people are saying, well, at least we're going to get a college football playoff, right? We're going to get that. We're not going to get that till 2024. So that means one more year that we have to endure this nonsense where we're leaving probably one of the four best teams in college football on the doorstep, not getting a chance to compete for a national championship. And that's a hard pill to swallow, especially for those kids and those families that go to Alabama. Now, could Ohio State turn around their season and win? Sure. They could win. They could beat Michigan. I'd rather, you know, they could beat uh, Georgia. It's a long shot. Hence, that's why they're a seven-point underdog. Uh, The only team that they would be favored to beat in this whole scenario is TCU. But 
Can Ohio State revert back to the Ohio State that maybe we saw earlier on the season? They could, but the bottom line is you don't judge it on what could be. You judge, for getting into the playoff, what happened. And what happened was Ohio State wasn't good at the end of the season and losing by 22 points. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar entity, but common sense doesn't play into it. They're the best league in the world. We know that. But they are testing our patience. You know, when it comes to TV decisions, they're not factoring in the fans at all. Like so many other businesses, instead of catering to the millions of fans that they already have, well, they're trying to get new fans. And what they're doing in the, in the meantime here is upsetting the current fan base. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about Thursday night football. That's what we're talking about here. Thursday night football has been a long-time joke with horrendous matchups and goofy special uniforms and gimmicks that the NFL is trying to get people to watch to give us this nonsense with bad Thursday night football matchups. Of course, you're not going to have primetime matchups on a Thursday night because you know that teams are a disadvantage. Teams are coming off two and sometimes three days rest off of a Thursday night football game. And then you have travel to factor into that. But what is the NFL doing? They're making these unwatchable games literally unwatchable. Literally. We can't watch some of these games now. Why? Because it's not on regular TV anymore. Thursday night football is now on Amazon Prime Video. There are actually people that don't even know what Amazon Prime Video is. Believe it or not, there are people who do not have an outlet to watch these games. So many people out there are scrambling to go over other people's houses to watch games or scrambling to sports books. And luckily, remember, sports books, they were in a quagmire themselves. They didn't think they were going to be able to get these games through DirecTV because every sports book and hotel and casino has the DirecTV Sunday ticket package to show all the games. Well, at the 11th hour of that very first Thursday, they were able to get Amazon Prime Video. But not every household gets that. There are some people that are still not computer literate. There are many, many people that don't even have smart TVs. You need Amazon Prime Video to to watch this on a smart TV, or you've got to have it on your phone. But the bottom line here is, is that you got to subscribe to this. And why is the NFL doing this? When you already have your pay for cable with ESPNs, all right, but you still got Fox, you got NBC, you got CBS, that's free television for most people, right? And what are you doing? You're taking the worst night of the year, the worst game of the year, each and every Thursday night, and you're making people pay for it. Pay for it through subscription, through an asset that most people can't even get. Yes, Thursday Night Football has been a joke for a long, long time, but now you are now cutting out a majority of your fan base. Yes, ratings are an all-time low right now. All-time low. Why is that? Because people can't find it, they can't get it, or they don't want to try it. Games on Prime Video, you can't rewind it, all right? You can't rewind. You can't flip the channels to go back and forth to something else that you may want to watch during the commercials because, no, you're going to need multiple remotes to do this. 
So why take games off of major networks to put on streaming services or streaming devices and not make it available to the mass audience? And your regular audience, you're screwing your regular audience. Not everyone has the capabilities to find Amazon Prime Video. You're not attracting a younger audience if that is the argument, NFL, or a newer audience. No, you're just minimizing the reach of everyone else. Ratings all-time low. Amazon Prime Video games on Thursday nights reach about 10 million people. That's it. That is a fraction of what we see the numbers that CBS and Fox do on Sunday or ABC, rather NBC on Sunday night football or what ESPN does on Monday night football. Yes. Ratings are down. What a surprise because people don't know where to find the game. They don't. They don't want to pay for another service that they're not going to watch outside of football. And guess what? You usually get a bad football game on top of that. Yeah, the NFL continues to insult its loyal fan base. Just like playing games in Europe. Same thing. Who is this good for? It's not good for the teams. It's not good for the players. You're taking away home games from your loyal fan bases to play in a foreign country. No, can't go to that game this week. Why not? Oh, they're playing in London. They're playing in Munich. They're playing in Mexico. No. So you lose your ticket your opportunity to go root your team on. But who does it do good for? The NFL. That's it. Not for the loyal fan bases. I mean, please. I mean, how do you want, why do you want to alienate a a happy fan base? That's what blows my mind in this whole thing with the NFL. Yes. One less game to attend, and you got to get up at 6.30 in the morning if you want to watch it. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And why mess with success? It was working fine. You got your network uh, programming. You got that. But why? Because the NFL thinks they're going to grow the game in other countries. They think they're going to grow the game with younger audiences by putting Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. No, it doesn't grow the game. Not at all. It only infuriates your fan base. It only infuriates people like me. Like the Allstate guy. Infuriate me. It's a joke. It's ridiculous. All right. Last night, Monday Night Football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the New Orleans Saints 17-16. to We've got a comeback win for Tom Brady and the Buccos, and now they improve to 6-6. Six and six. Man, this was an ugly football game last night, wasn't it? What is happening in Tampa Bay, by the way? All right. Well, we know that the team is struggling. Tom Brady's not the same guy. But more importantly, what is up with the cannons? What is up with the cannons and the pirate ship there? Watching the game last night, and I see the Buccaneers get a first down. They're jogging back to the huddle. I got boom, 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 boom. Like, what happened? Did somebody get shot? I got to text my man TJ Reeves on the sideline, the Buccaneers sideline reporter. He goes, oh, uh, they blast the cannon when they get inside the red zone. What? So here's the Canon protocol for those that do not know. If you're scoring at home, if you're watching games at Raymond James Stadium there in Tampa Bay, the Canon protocol is this. Red zone, one fire cannon. A field goal, three fire cannons. Touchdown, what do you think? Six fire cannons. That's right. 
What is this? They win the game at the end. What do we get? Three fire cannons. I don't know why we only get three. You get half for a touchdown. They're running out a lot of ammunition there. They're wasting a lot of money. And you know what they're doing? They're making people deaf. They're making people deaf in that end zone and everywhere else. I don't get it. Yes. Now, if you remember, going back to the Super Bowl in 2021, the NFL had to step in and say, well, wait a minute, you guys cannot use the cannon. When Raymond James Stadium hosted the Super Bowl, that was the Super Bowl the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and they said no cannon fire because, well, this is supposed to be a neutral field here. And the Buccaneers were all irate about that. I don't know why we need cannons. I don't know why we need the noise. It seems pretty ridiculous. But what's even more ridiculous is the they won the way they won the game last night. They won the game last night when come from behind fashion scoring two touchdowns and the Saints blew it. And we're seeing Dennis Allen jump around like a maniac over there. No defense and Tom Brady wins the game. But probably the worst part was this. After the game was over, what do we hear on the PA system? We hear them playing their victory song. What do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers victory song is? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers victory song is John Denver's Take Me Home Country Road. What? What is that? John Denver song? Take Me Home Country Road? Then they talk about the mountains of Colorado or Rocky Mountain, West Virginia. Where is that in relation to Tampa, Florida? That's what I want to know. Does this scream victory? Like, no cool in the gang celebration like the Oakland A's and everybody else did back in the day. Or, you know, we are the champions by Queen. No, we have to hear John Denver take me home country roads. I don't get the correlation there. Maybe next time we have TJ Reeves on that he can clue us in on that. But I have no idea. Craziness that we hear that song in Tampa Bay. Cup. The World Cup is downright glorious. Downright glorious. We've had upset special. Croatia defeated Japan on penalty kicks, or the proper terminology, remember, is kicks from the spot. This morning, same thing. Morocco defeats Spain. Huge underdog. Ah, yes. The World Cup can be good. But the commentary, not so good. If we're listening to these announcers, and we get a lot of British announcers... How about this game wrap-up today after the game, after Morocco defeats Spain? Listen carefully. Standing from start to finish, Morocco had a game plan. They were so compact in the midfield third. They were aggressive. They were together. They were absolutely brilliant in defense, 100% organization. Um, They were sliding across. No gaps to play through by Spain. And boy, did they graft. They worked so hard for one another. And then what about Hakimi at the end to do that little dig down the middle? You've got to have guts and balls to do that. And certainly, this was the best team performance of this whole World Cup for me. I thought Saudi Arabia v Argentina was, was that. But this was top tip for me. Absolutely brilliant from this Moroccan team. Did you catch her with that? That takes guts and you got to have balls to do that. I don't think I've ever heard a commentator saying, you got balls to do that. Especially a female commentator. And she just went right through that. I don't even think she knew what she said there. But what she did say is, it takes guts and it takes balls to do that. And then what she say at the end? Uh, tit-tat for her? 
I don't know what tit tat means. Next time we have Paul Buckpower Stewart on, I'm going to have ask him, I guess, is that what they do in the BBC? They say that you got balls to do that? Tit tat for her? I don't know. That's a World Cup, though. I love the World Cup. I love international soccer. But yes, there are many things that just drive me nuts. The inconsistencies. The time. How much time is really remaining in the game? Is the ball out of bounds? Oh, yeah. Let's just ask Japan and Germany about that. The stalling tactics. The goalkeeper going down to the ground. Then we have the flopping. Oh, yeah. We've got all that stuff in soccer. It's glorious. It's fun. But, man, it drives me nuts. All right, you got some terrible Tuesday takes. Feel free to hit me on Twitter at TCMartin21. All right, we come back. We're going to talk a little college football playoff. Did the committee get it right? And our next guest is a regular here, and he has been one of the most vocal for having a playoff. He has been the most vocal when it comes to insulting the committee. I got a feeling we're going to have a pretty good time with Timmy Brando coming up next.